Movie Hour, episode 30, April 14, 2009. Spoiler alert, the following hour of programming may contain both movie plots and swing. Welcome everyone to the Steve Gutenberg Going Out of Business Movie Hour. This is Greg Maloney, podcasting from Lake Orion, Michigan. This is Jim, Greg's brother, Gunga Casting to you from Rochester Hills, Michigan. And Jeff Hendrickson, Gunga Casting from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. It's been pretty shitty out this past couple of days here in Michigan, so hopefully our Gunga Cast will be here to, to lighten up the day a little bit. Maybe your your Wednesday, I get a couple comments uh, talking about how every Wednesday people look forward to turning on their computers and listening to Jeff talk. <laughs> <laughs> What's funny is that Greg does get a couple comments about that, but they're both from me. I uh, I just absolutely <laughs> am fucking obsessed with myself. So it's true, it's true. But uh, there no, there there are real comments out there, and uh, actually some of them are uh, due to our new Facebook stuff. Uh, I know we mentioned a little bit to uh, look out for the movie hour on Facebook, and that's officially set up now. If you uh, are a big fan of Facebook, or if you're looking to experiment. A little bit. Uh, you can go to Facebook and I'm sure find people to experiment with. But also, you can go to the mo- search the movie hour and the page will have our episodes on there and Parker Posey's where you can answer the Parker Posey and we will bring it up here on the show, just like on the forums. I'm pretty sure that Facebook doesn't exist. No, it's true. It's out there. It's a, it's a big it's a big deal, James. It's a big it's deal. A, it's, it's, it is a big deal. <laughs> and it's a bigger um, deal now. So, the movie hours on it. Yeah, and what's also a big deal is uh, the movie reviews, which we need to move on to. And uh, I will, always, as always, be the true uh, person to go first here. It's, I've got a big one too. This one's big. Uh, I, I know a lot I'm of people are big. a lot of <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> there, a lot of people out there might cringe when they they hear that I finally saw this movie, but I caught The Exorcist for the first time recently, and I had not seen it. Since its conception, what, 25 years ago, 35 years ago now? I think the movie's from, yeah, the movie's from 1973. Yes, and I'll be reviewing the Ten Commandments. Are you serious? No, I was just joking. Uh, making fun of your behind-the-times yeah. movie thing. <laughs> Have you seen The Exorcist? <laughs> no, but I don't watch, oh, oh, I don't watch oh, horror oh, films. Oh, hey. Anyhow, so uh, for those that are with me and haven't seen this movie yet or are just hoping, dying to see it, I'll try not to, uh, I'll make sure to spoil stuff because it's been 35 years, you've had enough time, but horror classic, it somehow ended up being two hours long, it didn't, uh, it it did seem like a long movie, but for a horror movie, that's that's something to be said, Uh, movie about... Uh, sort of like a pretty much random broken family with uh, mom and her daughter, both extremely caring of each other, end up falling into uh, pretty much moving to a house and becoming uh, the victim of a spiritual entity that was supposedly related to this, I don't know, it was sort of like an archaeological dig in, I don't know if it was Egypt, it sort of seemed like it was Egypt, but... Um, that ends up befalling their daughter. They try to figure out what's going on with her pretty much the entire time. It's like uh, sort of the steps from, one, she gets possessed. She's acting sort of weird, being doing weird things. And then moving on to she's barfing all over the place and stabbing herself and uh, becoming pretty much a killer. And it also has the, the real 
the real nice part about it, the real interesting part about it is, uh, I forget who plays the priest, not the, not the main priest that ends up doing the exorcism later. The, uh, the but, old uh, guy? Yeah, the, the, I think it's Father, Father Dyer is his name in the, in that. But he ends up pretty much playing like a, a lost priest that's trying to find his way, and he's, at the, at that moment, he's pretty much saying he's gonna leave the faith, and from there he decides, um, he runs into this girl and figures out that there's more to being a priest than, I don't know, pretty much the money because his his having some troubles taking care of his mom, but uh, yeah, ends up being a real a real good movie. I'm I've never really been the horror buff, and I'm sure people horror buffs are gonna make fun of me for this review, but um, I liked it. If you haven't caught it yet, I'd uh, make sure you do. And have it's it's takes a long it's, I think it takes a long time the build up from the beginning to the end, but it's worth it, and I'd stick around for it. It holds so, up though. Holds up to the time. Yeah. Yeah, it does. There's a, you sort of, like, everyone's, I think, familiar with the, the scene where she pretty much spins her head around, right. freaking everybody out. And there's a lot of those, you know, sort of like movie trick parts where you're just like, oh, I know exactly how they did that because it's so blatantly obvious where they make the cuts and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, because it was 1973, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And if, as long as you can look past that, I was, I was honestly, I wouldn't say freaked out, but I was on edge watching that movie. It, it is one of the truly scary horror movies out there. I, I was definitely freaked out the first time I saw it, and the second. Yeah, yeah. It's And I haven't seen... Uh, I know it was re-released. I think it was in 2000 it was re-released. And uh, they, they had like the director's cut with some extra scenes and stuff on there. Some of those extra scenes and, were actually pretty freaky. Yeah, I haven't seen that. I definitely didn't see that. I caught it on Netflix, so I didn't catch it. Um. But uh, yeah. Uh, I also another thing just to bring about Netflix. I, I'm on. I'm ready to watch Barton Fink the other day, and it was scratched all hell, so I had to send it back. Now all Thumbed, Netflix has to do down is for sponsor us, and we will never yeah. mention anything like that ever again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thumbs down for that. Thumbs down for that. So anyhow, who's next? Uh, I'll go. Um, I watched a movie called Heavenly Creatures. Um. Uh, it's like 1993 or 94 or something like that. Uh, it was written and directed by Mr. Peter Jackson. Um, it takes place in 1950s New Zealand. Um, and it's basically the true story of two high school girls who end up becoming really best friends and end up spending like every possible waking moment together. And, um, they're very hyper hacked of girls, very imaginative. They kind of end up creating this fantasy world that According to them, they you know, only they can see it. So they do a lot of like daydreaming, and they have a lot of daydream sequences where they're in class or something, but they're imagining this other world that they make and these clay sculptures that they make to kind of make believe and stuff like that. Um, but uh, the their closeness and this whole alternate reality that they've made for themselves kind of causes estrangement from their families, and the families start to get worried, um, and the bond between them is just a little bit too intense, and they're 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 a little off after a while, you know, just kind of I don't know, just kind of shutting themselves away from other people. Um, anyway, one of the girls gets sick of that girl being played by uh, Kate Winslet in her debut role, um, and she ends up having to move away with her father to another country. And these two, since they spend so much time together, just they don't want to be apart whatsoever. So. The other girl asks her mom, you know, can I go with her, blah, blah, blah. The other family's rich, so they don't really care, but the mom won't let her. And the, the rest of the movie is them kind of plotting on how to get past this uh, obstacle po- posed by their mom. And there's a crime at the end, and it's it's true story. So I've never heard of the story, but apparently it's 
it's somewhat famous. Um, I kind of have a problem with the movie just because there's no one for, to root for in it, and I have a problem with any kind of movie where I, you know, I'm not behind any of the characters. The girls themselves, I mean, it was well acted, but they're just obnoxious, just running all over the place, hyperactive type people. Um, and a lot of the, the setup and the, um, the imagining of the dream world and that got really boring kind of in the, the meat of the, the movie. So I didn't how particularly old, like it. How old are the girls supposed to be? Um, like junior high or high school, something like that. And the, like, in terms of percentage of, uh, like you said about the fantasy dream world got old, was that, like, half the movie? That just um, fantasy? no, I would say more like a quarter of the movie. But, I mean, they, they were obsessed with it. I mean, there was, they were sick, or she was sick kind of in the middle of the movie, too, and she was kind of in a hospital. And they were just writing stories back and forth. They had, like, like years and centuries worth of backstory on these people. They pretended to be these people when they wrote to each other. Um, they were just, their relationship was so close that it was unhealthy. They just wouldn't be apart from each other, and they they would pretty much just bawl and start crying instantly if they couldn't, you know, have their way. You know, <laughs> even you know, violence comes into it, and it's it's a weird story and kind of intriguing. But I wasn't a big fan. Girls using their imagination makes me sick. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They should be up cooking breakfast or something. The, the one kind of neat part about it, though, was the opening scene. This is literally a 1950s film strip about Pleasant. I forget the name of the the church or the town. But it was like Christ Church, New Zealand, or something. And it's like a it almost looked like a travel brochure, but it was like a film strip on that whole thing. And that's how they established the setting and stuff. So that was kind of a, a new or neat way to do that. You said Pete Jackson Weird. did this movie. Yep. Interesting. He wrote and, and directed it. And I can't believe Kate Winslet's first movie was, I guess it's 14 years ago now, but it seemed like she'd been doing it for a while. 14 years is yeah. a long time. Yeah. It is a long time. <laughs> so I, so what, do you, what, what do you got, Jeff? I saw, um, I don't know if you could call it a documentary, but that's what I'm going to call it. Uh, it. It's called An Evening with Kevin Smith, and um, I, I'm really not that big of a fan of Kevin Smith's movies. I'm not really sure what possessed me to watch this movie, uh, but... It's actually kind of interesting. It's it's like the best of he he, did, he does like a college tour apparently occasionally where he'll just go around and basically just answer questions that people have for him like at these uh like in the college auditoriums and they took clips from like four of these different uh like these different talks that he does and it's it's sort of funny because he talks a lot about like the movie making process and he's got like all these funny stories like he's got this one story about apparently he was going to do the. Uh, he was going to be writing the script for the new Superman movie before, right, like yeah. way before it all, you know, came out and everything. And the guy that was going to be producing it was like, "Yeah, and I want him to fight like a giant spider in it, like a you know a giant spider." And then he was like big on this. And to hear Kevin Smith tell it, it's a very funny story. And he's like, "Yes, yeah, so I didn't wind up doing that. The whole thing went to shit." And turns out the next thing that producer did was Wild Wild West. And like, <laughs> I just <laughs> I thought that was a great. And then there's, <laughs> there's, a, there's another good story. He brings out uh, Jason Mewes, who plays Silent. Bob, uh, in you know all those movies. Um, you mean Jay? Yeah, uh, yeah, Jay. Rather, I'm sorry. Yeah, he brings him on the tour with him. Yeah, he, he brings him on. Yeah, he's, he, okay. so he brings him out on stage like for a little bit, and he was telling the story about how when uh, when they were gonna do Dogma, he, like Jason Mewes could never remember lines, so like he'd always fuck up, and he'd be like, "You can't fuck up. You can't. You gotta remember your lines. You can't screw around this time because Alan Rickman's a very serious actor, and he's gonna be here." <laughs> and like to hear him tell it, it's so funny because like Jason Mewes goes, "Yeah, I, I I don't know who Alan Rickman is." And he goes, "You know." 
original, he was in Die Hard. Oh, you mean like Bruce Willis? <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> so, yeah, and it was, uh, it just, it, it's some good stories about like the production and like backstory and stuff like that. And he's actually like a really, like a genuinely funny guy and he's got some really funny stories that he tells and stuff. So, I would recommend it if, uh, if you got two hours to blow. So now you love Kevin Smith? No, well, I mean, I don't have a problem, I never had a problem with him as a person. I just didn't realize he was a funny person before. Um, <laughs> and, uh, I mean, I, I'm not that big of a fan of his movies, but this was pretty funny. Um, how do you say it's like? I guess how is it not a documentary if it's just him? I guess it's a documentary. Yeah, place place. It's, it's, I mean, it's not it's like almost, a, it's almost like a concert film, but except it's interviews. And stuff right, exactly. Yeah, and it's I mean, and it's in front of like a giant audience, and it's and people just get in line in front of a microphone and and ask him a question, so like people can ask him whatever they want. There's uh, this one girl that was really mad because she thought that uh, chasing Amy was like big time anti lesbian, and he had it was sort of funny, like because he he definitely calmed her down a lot about it. Wait, what? Being a lesbian? Yeah, it, well, she thought that chasing Amy was like, uh, like anti-lesbian. Oh. Yeah, gotcha. He's like, no, 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 calm down. He, did he say, calm down, sister? <laughs> yeah, he said, calm down, that, sister. Okay, all right. Wasn't that funny? Anyways, anyway, I, I'm happy. Uh, so this is something that people should. Uh, should go get it if they're a Kevin Smith fan, according to Jeff. Yeah, even if you're not. I mean, it's if you're interested in kind of some Hollywood, if you will, inside story stuff. It's just it's sort of like uh, it's interesting, and some of his stories are very funny. And there's just uh, he, he, it's a nice it's it's a nice touch. It's almost like stand up comedy, I would say. Gotcha. So I don't know if you guys know this, but in other news. The economy's the economy's hurting. Did you guys hear this? You guys hear that economy is bad. I, I saw that in the newspaper before the newspaper went bankrupt. <laughs> oh, your newspaper's gone now. So yeah, it's all word of mouth now. I don't think has Michigan at least Michigan hasn't lost any main newspapers. I don't think not yet. Down to well, what like three, out. three days of they, delivery now or something, right? Though they, yeah. Oh they yeah, re- that is they true. Reduced actually. the distribution. Yeah. That is true. I forgot about that. Did, uh, have you guys lost anything in Philadelphia yet? Anything? Uh, the, in terms uh, the of Philadelphia Inquirer, which is a pretty big deal uh, out here, uh, is bankrupt, but they're not like under. They're still delivering seven papers a week and all that. They're, but they are bankrupt. They're so, like chapter eleven. Yeah, instead of or seven, wh- whatever, or whatever chapter. The differences are weird. They're in one of those chapters. And apparently, they're having some bank in New York come and sort their yeah. shit out for them. That's genius. Um, there are. We aren't uh, oblivious to what's going on here in terms of the economy. The movie hour is in pain with you guys. We, uh, um, I know James' company, yours, yours is hurting a little bit. And, yeah, um, I'm actually on reduced hours right now, so yeah. things are a little scary. But Michigan, yeah. Michigan's not on the top of the world like all you guys here in your other states and newspapers. Michigan's not doing well, like you, like uh, otherwise said. But don't worry though, because we're, we've got some. We, there's a light at the end of the tunnel, and the movie hour is here to take care of you guys. All those people that might be in a similar situation with, you know, the newspaper people that are looking for jobs or myself, I am currently looking for employment. And some of our live listeners, I think, are uh, actually in the unemployment stage. Uh, we have ideas for you on what to apply for and some jobs that might fit your personality. Um, for instance, I've got, I've got a genius one here that for, this is for B. Lee, our live listener. This one's for him. So these are. This is one of the, I caught this in the classifieds the other day. Uh, it's a writer, a Hollywood writer, um, and it states: "There's nothing easier than sitting down and letting your brain wander while you plug away at your favorite typewriter." I'll be the first to admit that it's not easy being a writer 
you'll need an extremely low self-esteem, a fear of people, and you'll be most successful if you're an alcoholic. But there are a ton of privileges. And these include, you can have an optional professorship after your first number one seller, one real friend that sympathizes to everything you say in your sad situation, and the ability to write fiction that has to come to life. Now, your first week... <laughs> Which is always a week, bonus. Yeah, yeah, that's big. So the ability, that's a big one right there. It's in bold. The ability to write things that come true. That's big. Big bonus. Next thing is, uh, the first week on your job, this is tough. So the first week on your job, you will be given a permanent case of writer's block. The only way to cure it will be by proclaiming your true love to a mistress, <laughs> taking on a giant movie adaptation, or succumbing to the powers, the, the powers of the, of the mystery, mysterious specters of a cursed hotel. <laughs> right? <laughs> the, and as, as great as that sounds, as great as that sounds, a writer's job is not all that it's cracked up to be. Your twin brother will be murdered. You'll also be, you also belong to a bigger group of writers that despises everything you do. And the pay is crap, but you'll find yourself spiritually stronger by your second hour of work and your career will stabilize from that point on. And I also heard that you're pretty susceptible to being sucked into uh, uh, a murder swap situation a la Hitchcock. So <laughs> yeah. Be aware of that, yeah. too. Yeah, heads you up. Might, you might have to throw someone's mom from a train or something. But <laughs> I think definitely the best point the best point in there is the uh, whatever you're writing is definitely going to come true. So watch out for that because that, yeah. that's, that's definitely uh, something that seems to be the case in every movie I ever see. <laughs> Yeah, it happens. Like, I guess it sort of happens in adaptation. It happens. I forget what that John Candy completely movie happens is. in adaptation. Yeah, it happens in. Uh, what's that? There's a Johnny Depp. It's uh, something like oh, thirteen broken window or, or something like broken, that. Yeah, broken window. Oh yeah, that's right. I think that's it. But yeah, I, I think it seems like every time there's a writer in a movie, unless it's like Sunset Boulevard, you, whatever they write turns real. And I guess there's a couple of where they do screenplays. And uh, there's a small poke in there at Barton Fink, which I haven't even caught yet. Because of Netflix's failure, but apparently, so that's an interesting story. Small I didn't really know that. They, away, Netflix. I I think you mentioned this uh, on that episode when we were talking about Cohen's Cohen brother movies. How Bart Fink was brought up and written while they were trying to write Miller's Crossing. They like wrote it out when uh, they were having problems with writer's block when they're trying to figure out how to write the screenplay for uh, Miller's Crossing. I did not know that. Did that's you, interesting. You didn't know that? I thought you mentioned it. Did, yeah. did not that's know that. What, and of course, the Bart Fink character is a guy, a writer that takes on the big responsibility to write uh, a screenplay and has writer's block. It's very interesting. And this is this is a job that you can just walk into, guys. This is you know, if you have a typewriter and like a creepy old room that you can type in, this is this is it. So, if you're having troubles finding a job, that might be one that might be one for you. There are a lot of a lot of jobs. I mean, I watch quite a few movies, obviously, and, and there are a lot of jobs in these movies. I think um, one that you see pretty frequently is uh, is astronaut. Um, you see a lot of astronauts in the movies. I'm I'm gonna give you guys a little hint. If you want to be an astronaut uh, and you're not good looking or uh, comic relief, you're gonna die. Um, so that's how that 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 profession works. So just watch out for that. Um, if you're wondering how to get the job as the ac- astronaut, I'd recommend that you join the Air Force 20 years ago. Never smoke, never drink, uh, never do anything remotely fun for your entire life. Get a doctorate in physics, another doctorate in engineering. Uh, and when you get all that done, good. Uh, now you're ready to be killed in a gruesome, gruesome fashion. 
So what you should do is you should pray for a shuttle explosion or at least be like sucked into the vacuum of space where your eyes explode and you're dead within a couple of seconds. Because if it's not going to be one of those things, it's uh, going to be an alien fetus exploding out of your chest. Or maybe uh, you'll go insane and tear your own eyes out uh, and then become an instrument of evil. Uh, the, the other the other opportunity is that the, the onboard computer becomes self-aware and throws you into the blackness of space to die of oxygen deprivation or exposure, whichever comes first. That's that's always tough. That's always tough when you hear that happening. Yeah, no, I know. So, it's, and it seems to happen a lot to these astronauts. So uh, There are a couple of upsides, though. Um, the, one of the upsides is uh, that you get to see the Earth from orbit if uh, if you don't die during liftoff. And um, it's also, it's, it's a cushy government job, really. And you probably get, like, Columbus Day off and all that paid, you know. So that's that's kind of good. The only downside I can think of is the inevitable gruesome death. Yeah. Is, I mean, it seems like, you know, they always have you, like, flying to our meteor and stuff. So that seems pretty dangerous. So hopefully they have some good, you know, insurance for that. And plus, it doesn't seem like they have a good retirement. I mean, if they made something, like, 20 years ago... Then and you have to go fix it. They're gonna come and call on you and act some you know new guy. So it's like you and two of your other eighty old buddies going back out in space and you know fixing this old space station. Or yeah, that's why they sent John Glenn back up there, right? And that wasn't even a yeah. movie. So what's yeah. the? Isn't there some military aspect to these astronauts? Aren't half these like military military organizations going into space? Do you need military background for this job? I, I know that most most astronauts in in the real world anyway come come out of the uh, Air Force, but. I don't know. Aside We're not that. talking about the real world. Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> our, our live listeners also would not would not let this down. They want us to bring up that uh, Armageddon astronauts were, no, were not trained, and they were drilling, <laughs> quote, drill for oil so I can save the world. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love our live listeners. So, <laughs> so yeah. Astronaut doesn't sound bad. No, I, that, I mean, that I, I, d- d- thing I don't like very much. Yeah, the but. whole lack of retirement age is pretty concerning. But, you know, other than that, it's pretty feasible. Interesting. Um, I'd like to bring up one that's a little less exciting than that, but you know, it's 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 something you can grow old into and still enjoy. I think it's uh, being a barber. Um, that I mean, sounds easy. It, it does sound really easy. I mean, all you have to do is be able to cut some hair. I mean, it seems like your main qualifications need to be able to crack jokes and insult your customers like all day. <laughs> um, <laughs> you have to be able to like tell people that they should go to like church to meet women, or you know, have some advice on how to meet, you know, the woman of your dreams. Um, it's also good to have uh, a good knowledge of who the best boxer is in the world, whether it be Rocky Marciano or, you know, whoever you're backing, but you should you should be well-versed in that. Um, another good bonus of being a barber is your kids tend to be very highly motivated and nice. they attend private school. So that, that's usually a good end there. Um if you go into more of the hairdressing style, you know, for, you know, the female contingent out there, um, there also seems to be a very highly spiritual connection there. Um, some, uh, hairdressers even seem to run into, you know, the signs of the stigmata. So, I mean, it, it might help to be a little religious there. Oh, uh, I didn't think you were actually going to say the name. Oh, <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry. <laughs> you went from Rushmore to stigmata. I like that jump. I like where your head <laughs> was like at. that one. Um, a yeah. couple downers though. Your place is always a key place for a mob hit, so beware of that. <laughs> and then um, also, um, it, well, Barber's life is can be very stressful at times. Um, you can actually end up, you know, losing your wife to a judge and losing your daughter, um, <laughs> getting put away for no reason, coming back as a violent killer. So, 
I mean, there's definitely some downsides to being the barber, but I think overall it's it's pretty relaxing and humorous. Dude, gangsters hang out in barbershops nonstop. Right. I don't know if I could handle that. You have to keep you have to keep your ears to yourself. I don't know how you yeah. could do that, but you do that. And you get to cut, you know, actors' hair before they're actually famous, a la, you know, Cuba Gooding Jr. That's a good was that like his first movie? Yeah. Yeah. I'm coming glad you coming to America. I was going to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice one, nice one. I like it. That one's I, that one's too simple. I've got one that most most anybody can most anybody can do, but it takes a lot of effort. This this one's this one here. So if you're the kind of person, this is for the special person. This is easy, Jeff. You'll fit perfect for this. Good. That'll bend over bend over backwards for your boss, or perhaps you're very good at constantly nodding at your overlord's demands. <laughs> you might be perfect fit for a henchman position in any number of organizations. Yeah, I agree with that. It's great. I wouldn't be a good henchman. I, I, I <laughs> so you're motivated, hardworking. Yeah, yeah. Your responsibilities will vary widely, though. Uh, mainly include a few things that you already pretty much do in day-to-day living. You have to be able to patrol the grounds of your workplace with a buddy. That's easy. You can do that. Check. Investigate strange noises while maintaining a complete obliviousness to everything else going on. And no tattoos, piercings, or any other distinguishable marks that might make you stick out among your coworkers. <laughs> that one's important. Uh, there, there are some technical sides, though, so you're going to have to have some experience. Um, you should be completely competent in the following before applying for the position. You're going to have a strict code of conduct. Conduct. If you see any fighting going on, you only observe unless the instigator somehow deflects or knocks out your fellow work buddies, at which time you will approach them unassisted. If you see an intruder, you will be required to fire automatic weapons aimlessly toward them. And any knowledge of kung fu, boxing, or torture tactics is a giant plus. <laughs> yeah. as, as long as you go on one at a time. You neglected to mention that your bullets don't work on guys that can kick really high, though. That's, <laughs> that's one of the unfortunate oh, hazards of that job. Oh, there's, there's still more. There's still more. There's a lot of bonuses, though. There, like That was the hard stuff. That was the requirements. This is, this is the bonuses for you, Jeff. You get to travel around the world pretty much anywhere. Anything from inside a volcano... To a geosynchronous space station, nothing is off limits. You can work pretty much anywhere. Your pay is exquisite as long as your commander's foolproof plan does not fail. <laughs> you can expect 100k plus starting, which is huge. You can't get that anywhere else. No, you know, no. I mean, not without yeah. post, doing postgraduate work anyway. Yeah, yeah. Like this is you can just walk right in, no problem. And if you ever get hurt in any way, nothing more will be expected of you. You can lay down on the job for the duration of the workday and let everybody walk all over you. <laughs> That's also your cool uniform is uh, tax deductible, so that's that's. A yeah, I was actually going to mention you. You will be issued a uniform that will most likely be all in one color, and from there your options are a space age red or a black, a bland black complete with cap. That's pretty much it. Very easy to maintain. Your your boss will probably be a pretty big badass and a pain in the ass to deal with, but. Uh, I heard if you, like, the way that structure works, you're never going to actually meet the big boss. You're going to deal with another guy who deals with another guy <laughs> who deals with another guy that deals with the boss, and it'll all trickle down to you. I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't yeah. worry about that. Yeah. I mean, but if you do make it up there, I mean, you'll probably end up like being able to use like a saw blade or throwing a shoe or something. That's a good point. Or, like, you know, you can make your teeth like all metallic or something. So there's there's some bonuses there. Well, the pain in the ass. Long term goal. Trying to get a henchman job isn't easy because if you're trying to get a hold of somebody, they're always, you know, in the middle of a ransom exchange or in the middle of a fight, and it's just, you gotta keep calling these people if you want a job. You gotta keep working at it. It's not easy. Yeah, it's not one of those jobs you can just put in an application, wait for them to call you. I mean, these are, these yeah. are highly competitive. So I understand yeah. where you're coming from on that. 
Yeah, it's a big one. I, I just want to share that with you guys. It's it's easy primo. to do, but high demand. No. And in a, in a similar uh, in, in a similar position, um, it's a little it's it's a little bit easier to get into, but I think it's tougher to be good at. Uh, is to be a hitman. Uh, in order to get into this, really, employment history is going to be important. Like, if you haven't ever killed anybody, you're going to need to fudge your resume a little bit on that because uh, <laughs> you really need to you need to be going in as a professional, and it, it can really pay well if you are a professional. We're talking easy six figures, but uh, I mean, I'm talking you need to wear like a black suit and tie. It's wearing sweatpants is not going to hack it in the fast-paced doggy dog world of contract killing. Um, it's also it's as far as getting into it it is relatively easy it's an open market but you need some stuff i mean you're going to you're going to need uh some pretty expensive gear. I mean, guns are just the beginning. You're going to need sniper rifles, pistols, silence, you know, all this stuff. Probably an automatic weapon for when the shit goes down. But uh, if you really want to be good, you're also going to need things like poisons, binoculars, knives, a really fast car, and a cool black hat, too. So that's something else to consider. Um, do, you have to, do you have to work well with others for this, no, for this no, contract? No, don't, don't, no, don't have oh, to at okay. all. No, I like a, that. It's a lone like gunman. That. Lone one. Interesting. Uh, so there are a few upsides. Um, you make your own hours. You're pretty much your own boss. Uh, you know, kind of contract working there. And uh, generally speaking, there are usually like uh, good-looking girls involved. Um, I don't know why, but they seem to be around. Uh, <laughs> downsides. Uh, no benefits. You know, you, you don't you don't get a uh, dental or anything. Four hundred one k. Forget about it. Employee stock purchase program. Not going to happen. Uh, also, very vulnerable to market conditions. Uh, you know, like for instance, when there's a cold war going on. You're, you're raking it in, but all of a sudden peace breaks out, and all you've got is mob jobs, and you know those don't pay much. So. <laughs> I heard there's actually like a really, I don't know, pushy movement to get a union going. <laughs> that is one of the downsides. Occasionally you have to deal with a pissed off fat Dan Aykroyd. So... <laughs> but on the like... other hand, there's a really good apprenticeship program too for, I don't know, girls of 12 to 14 years old. So <laughs> you, you can get in it pretty early. You can... You can't just be good at killing for this job, though. You got to deal with emotional issues throughout like this whole thing. It's not easy. Yeah, not if you're a total psychopath. <laughs> true point. True point. <laughs> or or a constant alcoholic. I don't know right. why you can be a constant alcoholic. I guess you just be an alcoholic. But uh, well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I would say so. Yeah. Yeah. Not not bad. Not bad. Well, I th- I think if you want the easiest job out there, I, I think I figured out what it is. It's going to be prison guard, I'm pretty sure. I mean, <laughs> you just sit around, everything's locked up already, so you don't really have to do anything. You pretty much yell at people all day. Everything's locked up already. <laughs> yeah, you just kind of sit there and watch walls and stuff, you know. That's not too bad. Um, Pose people down. Sometimes, depending on the prison, I mean, there might be a free tax service provided by <laughs> like qualified prisoners, so that's always nice. Um, there also can be um, some good medical benefits. I know uh, one prison in particular, um, I mean, the, the guy could have something like a urinary infection, and within seconds, I mean, that could be gone I mean, instantly. <laughs> um, it can also, like, help, you know, give you a longer lifespan type of thing. Um, and probably the biggest bonus to all of the, the whole prison guard scene is the rec time. I mean, you, I mean, the, the inmates are so friendly and stuff, you can just, you know, get you know, pick up football games with them going if you want, you know, that sort of thing. So, I mean, the play time is, like, right there at work with you. So pretty much I don't see any downside to being a prison guard, so I I, I would recommend that one. And you can abuse prisoners, like, at will, right? Right, like it's right. Pretty- and, and they're still friendly enough with you to play a game after. Total so. freaking yeah. free-for-all. It's a fair game. Anything's fair game out there. 
wait a minute. Yep, that's right. So, uh, so prison guard and writer sort of seem the best, the best for me right now. But I also I found another big one here, and this one, this one's I got it. I got a nice cutout from the paper. This is from a newspaper that actually exists still. Uh, so it's a classified for a ship captain, and it goes. Are you someone that likes the view of the open sea? Do you like being restricted to a boat for long periods at a time? Or are you one to push forward, even though dooming weather is about to hit? <laughs> Look no further. The industry is in need of ship captains, and you are perfect to apply. Now, requirements include, you're going to have to have your own boat with some terribly obvious foreshadowing name. You're going to need a boat's navigation system that's easily broken or scrambled. That's important, because we're gonna need, you're going to be out there a lot, and you're going to need to get lost. You're going to have to have a giant harpoon, most likely incapable of penetrating any futuristic spaceship metals. You're going to need the ability to, you need the boat, is going to have to have the ability to leak absurd amounts of water from every nook and cranny of the ship, <laughs> including, including the steering wheel, or whatever they have. <laughs> if you don't have a dark past, or if you're looking for something beyond monetary reward, you need not apply. Keep in mind, if your boat sinks, you'll have to go down with the ship. But don't worry, some asshole anti-hero will tell you good luck just before facing the worst. That's <laughs> nice. It. Nice. So you really did well with that one. You know, but, I was thinking prison guard's pretty easy, but now that I'm thinking about it, ship captain's probably the easiest. Yeah, I mean, they don't even fucking I mean, do anything. A, a, yeah, I mean, I bet you, like, a retard and an amputee could run a ship, you know? <laughs> as long as you have a boat, they'd have to have yeah, a Yeah, I mean, you could probably make millions fishing for shrimp or something. Yeah. That's Opening what up ha- cha- chains of restaurants, you know? That's what happens, man. And you also have the ability, you also have the pos- possibility of going out there, finding fish, and then making billions on it if you could only make it to shore, but most likely you're just gonna die because you're stuck in bad weather. And it's your own fault. Yep. That's something you have to do, though, as a ship captain. You take responsibility for your death yep. and the people. And everyone else is Bring an extra freezer. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Wow. Uh, I, I, uh, I, you know, I was, I, was, I was thinking hard about other jobs that our, uh, that our listeners might, might be uh, able to do, and I think this is one that most people are qualified for. It's, uh, it's just a shitty job in a cubicle. Um, it doesn't matter what it is, uh, just, you know, just some shitty job. I had that job. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot, of, a lot of people have that job or, ha- or have Get that Get out of my job. head. And, uh, you know, I, here's the thing about this job. The first ten minutes or so are gonna be really boring, but don't worry, because something fucking crazy is about to happen to you. Uh, either you're gonna be taken away to an alternate universe by Lawrence Fishburne, or, uh, maybe Angelina Jolie's gonna pick you up in a super fast car and teach you how to curve a bullet. Uh, at the very least, you're gonna develop some sort of badass alternate personality and start a terrorist ring of underground boxing clubs. A couple upsides to this job. Um, you're probably going to have a good-looking secretary, but you're probably not going to have the balls to talk to her either, so it's sort of a mixed bag there. And um, also you can steal office supplies to your heart's content. Now, the downsides, uh, interestingly enough, you're probably going to have to run for your life wearing uncomfortable work shoes, which is going to give you blisters. Um, but... <laughs> Don't worry about that so much uh, as, as this one. There is an infinitesimally small chance that you may wind up humping the same shitty office job for the rest of your godforsaken life without anything remotely interesting ever happening to you. Uh, it's a very small chance, but watch out for it. Not to mention your coworkers are probably a pain in the ass to deal with. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Your boss is always up your ass about something. And, and you're always in fear of losing your job. Right. 
That, that I, I heard they're really good at uh, making clerical errors and giving you way too much in your retirement plan. <laughs> you know, and but you could also end up in a you well, know, like in Superman three. Yeah, there's, exactly. There's a there's another problem though when you're when you're uh, what'd you say it was like a a cubicle person. Was the position open? Yeah, just yeah, any, any old regular Joe job in a cubicle. So <laughs> your Joe job in a cubicle. You've got to keep in mind that once in a while, like just out of nowhere, a plane might fly right through your floor and go out the other end of the building. You might have like a transfor- like an alien transformer crash through the window. <laughs> That's a good point. And you're and you're gonna have to react pretty, you know, yeah. casually to this. Well, I'm assuming yeah. that by your, that your point, window might be a foothold for something. I'm, I, I'm assuming before anything like that can happen. Some 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 famous hot chick is gonna come pick you up in a fast car. That's probably that's what's true, gonna that's happen. True. <laughs> that's <laughs> a good out. By the way, I'm already having people mention that mention that they think I'm talking about 9/11. I was talking about True Lies. But, <laughs> uh, I can see that. I can see that comparison. I apologize. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um, Jesus, the people in the live the live and, chattered. No, like anyways, we do not make jokes you're about talking 9/11 about World Trade the, Center. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. So James, you you have our our last job post, the last job post of our uh, the movie. Well, I'm gonna mix this one up a little bit then, because you guys have been talking about all these really easy, you know, good jobs. Let me tell you about one to avoid. That is the job of the cab driver. Um, <laughs> a lot of times you have long hours, talking 12, 14 hours a day. Uh, a lot of times it's at night. Uh, it's usually in a dirty urban area. Um, ends up making you lonely. Um, Kind of vengeful sometimes, and maybe even violent. Might make a you know end up making assassination attempts on some you know would be senator or something. Um, the other bummer is that a lot of times your cab gets commandeered by bumbling cops or something. But I guess on the good side, they're usually chasing beautiful Brazilian bank robbers, so that's good. Um, you're a high risk though for being stomped on by a giant green lizard, so beware for that. Um, being swept down the street by a giant tidal wave, that's also bad, but you could probably, you know, find your car afterwards and, you know, recover it. And also, you're in danger of being caught in the middle of a fight between super strong humans, so beware of that. Um, you're also high risk for being kidnapped by a hitman and being forced to work for them and drive them around. <laughs> nice. So, nice. overall, I think cab drivers is definitely one to stay away from and go for one of these other ones that we've recommended. You could also, but as the as a cab driver, you have the freedom of just you know pulling up to a pulling up to the sidewalk, getting out and going on an airplane trip for a while. That's true. Yes, this is true. Yeah. People, cabbies have also been known to find their true love but, by picking them up and then driving south to get married. <laughs> you gotta watch out if you get out of your cab and get straight into the airplane. You might develop a drinking problem. <laughs> That's true. Oh boy! <laughs> I like that you can't one. Can't be serious. I like that one. I like that. One. That's great. Okay. Well, I hope I hope we were some help to everybody. Of everybody listening, <laughs> I know everyone needs everyone needs a job nowadays. Our live listeners are already signing up. Uh, it sounds like everyone's going to become a henchman. And, uh, I think I might too. Uh, <laughs> Dean says astronaut. He he recorrects me. But uh, yeah, I think I think we did offer some good advice to everyone out there, and I apologize uh, if none of you guys got half the references or even like ten of those references that we just went through. Uh, this one, this is a special. We special had episode. fun, I can tell you that. Yeah, we, it was a good time. It was a good time. Um, we do have some important work to move on to, though, and that is our Parker Posey, which I'd mentioned before. Uh, before uh, I think this was Jim's question, but before we get to that, I want to mention that now we have two. 
two facets that you can you can go through to to uh, post your Parker Posey. We now have the gungapit.com you can go to and post in the forums, or you can find us on Facebook at the Movie Hour page. Um, you'll see our logo, and I think you'll see some you know some comments and. Uh, Pretty much, I don't know how else you could find it through that way. But if you find if you find Jeff Hendrickson on there, he, he's a friend of it. He's a friend of it. So you can go don't use my last name online. <laughs> oh my! God. <laughs> Anyhow, so we uh, we need to get to Jim's Parker Posey. Knock yourself out. All right. Uh, so for those of you who don't remember, my uh, Parker Posey was a simple one. Just uh, who is your favorite performance by a child actor? Um. There's, I got a decent amount of responses, I thought, like five or six or something like that. Uh, my favorite was one that I didn't even think about, and I'm kind of bummed I didn't think about it, but it was good, but I still like mine better, but it was Joshua's. It was uh, Sean Astin as Mikey. The Goonies. I don't know just, how we didn't discuss the Yeah, the, the Goonies are a family favorite of ours, and we watch it all the time, so I'm surprised it didn't even cross my mind. So um, kudos to Joshua for bringing that one up. Um, one that kind of surprised me, actually, is by current uh, live listener B. Lee. I'm surprised you like Macaulay Culkin. I didn't think anyone liked Macaulay. Well, Culkin. Uh, Home Alone is. A, I will defend him since he can't talk. And I know, I know I he just wants to unmute the microphone. Disappeared. <laughs> I, I liked him in the movie Saved, but other than that, I, I wasn't a big Macaulay Culkin fan. So I was surprised to hear that one. Saved was recent too, wasn't yes. that? Well, recent like six years ago or something. I didn't like that. Yeah, movie. he wasn't a child back then. Yeah. Then so. <laughs> But, uh, Dude, Beely went through his entire filmography here. We've got Richie Rich, <laughs> The Good Son. Fantastic stuff here. <laughs> Might be everything he's ever seen. No, I I have to I do have to apologize. I can't believe we did not mention the Goonies at all. And what's a, another answer which actually came through Facebook? It's our first Parker Posey answer through Facebook. Was a uh, uh, B Sicta had mentioned. I believe I'm trying to remember his name, Jonathan K. Kwan, who's also in Indiana Jones: The Temple of Doom, which is highly underrated, and he plays Short Round in that, which is a great character, yeah. and, he and plays doubles his data at Data and Goonies, and he he uh, he's a great character in Goonies, and he he pretty much is the comic relief as what like a ten year old in uh, the Temple of Doom, so yeah. He's, yeah, he's done a great job. God uh, bless Short Round. Yeah. yeah, I don't know what I don't know where he is now, but I hope he's safe. Heaven. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff, did you have any particular ones you wanted to bring? Up? Uh, we've pretty much talked about the ones that I wanted to bring up. I, I, I uh, everybody, everybody who answered was pretty good. I can't believe Scott P. God bless all of our listeners, but Scott P. Pulling out Haley Joel Osment in the Sixth Sense. Um, <laughs> Unacceptable. <laughs> Did he? I didn't even remember seeing that. There, that's hilarious. There are no wrong answers, but that's uh, that's a wrong answer. <laughs> there was a few that I was surprised didn't get mentioned. Like uh, I always like Kirsten Dunst in Interview with a Vampire. I mean, granted, that's a good her call. Talent didn't didn't improve at all since that movie, but in that she was good. Yeah, I still uh, haven't seen that. I, movie. Also, I also like the Hayden Panettiere. I think that's how you pronounce her last name from Remember the Titans, the little girl, the coach's daughter. I thought mm. she was good in that. And then Newt from Aliens was always a family favorite too. So, all all she did was scream a lot and remember the Titans. And remember the Titans? Yeah. Scream? I don't remember her screaming at all. She just okay. uh, screams during the games nonstop. Never mind. Going on. Moving on. Too 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 unimportant. So, uh, also before I get to is is my Parker Posey play along today. Uh, a little bit of reminder: you can go to the forums. And now Facebook to post your answer, which we will bring up in next week's podcast. If we so choose, 
And uh, this one's easy, so this one's for everyone. This You can tell your friends, tell your, your grandparents this question, and they'll probably have an answer because it's that easy. And all the answer is is what's your favorite movie genre? Now, you can get specific if you want. Like you can go to techno thriller or I don't westerns. Know. Yeah, <laughs> westerns. Exactly, exactly. So if you had to pick one movie genre that's your favorite, what would it be and why? Um, I'm going to take the easy answer, and I'm going to go with comedies. But I'm going to I'm going to go a little further and say straight comedies. Um, I know at least Jeff and James know, and my movie collection is very little, but full of top secrets, airplanes. Um, I guess Ghostbusters wouldn't be exactly a straight comedy, but it's, Blazing it's Saddles. It's comedy. It's and, not walking, yeah, it's, but it's, it's a comedy. Yeah, yeah. And these these are the movies that you know you can just put in at least any time for me, and it will make make a life a little little brighter. Everything's everything's more fun when you just got finished watching a comedy. And that that is why I will be picking it. Hmm. Picking my favorite, huh? I haven't quite decided yet. Jeff, do you know yours? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll fire away here. I, and I don't know, this is kind of an anti-answer, um, but the, um, anti-answer, the type of movies that I like the best, like my favorite movies, it seems like, are sort of the ones that are genre-defying, like, like, um, like say a movie like Rushmore, where there's certainly an element of comedy and there's an element of drama and there's an element of romance, or like uh, Wonder Boys or that type of thing. Where it, it, They all definitely, comedy is definitely a common thread, but I, I think, um, I don't know, it, is there something you could call that? Hmm. You could... Yeah, I don't know if it has a name, but... <laughs> I'm trying to remember what they what they did. Uh, Life Aquatic Steve Zizu. It's like an action comedy and stuff like that. But that's not the same as Rushmore. That's for sure. Yeah, but like Forty Eight um, Hours is an action comedy too. Like it's not. Yeah, you're right. So, I, well, okay, then I don't have an answer because I think the question's stupid. Wow, <laughs> question's stupid. <laughs> All right, whatever. Maybe it's just a drama. Maybe you just like drama. Okay, I like. I yeah, I'll go with drama then. Drama is what I All like. Right. I like drama. <laughs> um. I'll probably have to go with sci-fi, probably. Um, a lot of my favorite movies tend to be from that genre. Uh, the original three Star Wars is a uh, couple of Star Treks. Uh, I really like The Matrix. So just based off of that, I mean, the only problem with sci-fi is there's a lot of misses in that genre as well. So it's it can be rough. But, uh, yeah, I'll, I'm going to stick with... with uh, Sci-fi, just for quantity's sake. Because it encompasses the most of what you like? Yes, exactly. It's not my most passionate pieces of work, but I think overall it uh, might weigh out everything else. Yeah, yeah. It's, there's Sci-fi was my, my close second. Like, anything, like, uh, I know I sort of shit all over Blade Runner, but anything where it's futuristic, sort of depicting what technology might be in 20 yeah. years and figuring out, or even later... Uh, it's yeah, always interesting. Yeah, the first few <laughs> aliens fit in there with me too. So yeah, um, there there are some live listener comments, none of none of which are any use other than B Lee's uh, war <laughs> movies, which I think we actually I think B Lee had brought that up before. I don't remember what the topic was, but um, yeah, he, war movies are good. Saving Private Ryan is still one of my favorites. Our, so. Yeah, our yeah. other live listener Josh um, is going with German porn. Yep. So sounds about sounds about right. Good choice, also. Good choice. <laughs> well, I hope uh, I hope all of you go to uh, the forums, take take a look, and fe- uh, feel free to answer the Parker Posey or post on Facebook. And 
And uh, also, if you're interested in listening live, we haven't plugged this enough. Uh, there's 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 ways to do it. Uh, instructions on how to do it on the calendar on the forums at gungapet.com. James and Jeff, thank you for the the po- job posts and thanks for uh, thanks for the input. <laughs> God bless everyone. Drive safe. Hope you enjoyed it. Drive safe, everybody. Uh, take care, everyone. Thank you, live listeners, for uh, partaking. Thanks for listening. Uh, Steve Gutenberg, Going Out of Business Movie Hour. Career opportunities that we learned about by watching movies. <laughs> Here's a good one. Shoot yourself in the head. <laughs> <laughs> Just got taken to an order. That's cool. <laughs> what the fuck? That's like the funniest thing I've ever heard. What did you do? Like roll your face on the keyboard and unmute everything? <laughs> <laughs>